0: welcome to series three of our We Can Cumbria podcast. This series is supported by Cumbria County Council. I'm Jenna Sutherland and I'll be your host once again. I'm the manager of the We Can project at Icon Health and Fitness in Carlisle. In this series I'm going to be inviting some more real local people to share their health and well-being experiences and expertise in authentic and open conversations with me. Real people telling their own stories in their own words. Today is episode five and our guest is Liam Edmondson, who is the founder of Offload, which is a Carlisle-based men's mental health support group. Good morning, Liam. Morning. How are you doing today?
1: Tired from getting going gradually, yeah.
0: Thank yeah, you. that's a good place to start when we're mm-hmm. going to start talking about your brilliant peer support group is how are you in general? Uh, in general,
1: I always describe, uh, you know, having a mental health issue is on a uh, Riding the wave, so you are on the up or you are on the down. Mm-hmm. At the minute, I would say I am on the up. You've caught me at a good time.
0: Oh, good. Um, so, w- on purpose, I know we've met uh, mm-hmm. previously a few weeks ago, but on purpose that day, I said let's not chat too much because let's save it for the podcast. Because obviously, I am aware of Offload, but we haven't really met and had a really in-depth conversation about why you started that, when you started that, or anything like that. So, is is that something that came from your own lived experience?
1: Yeah, so it's going to sound like a cliche, but Offload came to me literally in a dream uh, one night. Um, oh, wow. So uh, I was in a period where I wasn't doing so well. I'd been through a divorce. Um, I'd had to um sort of quit the ambulance service where I'd experienced an episode of PTSD. So I wasn't doing so good. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was working on the railway uh, in the ticket office and although it was well paid, uh, the benefits were good. It wasn't ticking the boxes of. helping people in the truest sense what I previously enjoyed doing and yeah for one reason or another it came to me you know as an idea like why can't you just set up your own group run your own group learn Mm -hmm. from your experiences of mental health and help other men in the same situation.
0: Yeah so you had your own personal experiences of mental health but also had you worked in that area as well?
1: Up until that point no no No. so I'd unofficially worked in it because as I was an EMT1, which is sort of one step down from paramedic. Mm-hmm. And in that job, you know, you naturally come across people who've got mental health issues, yeah. but you're not necessarily trained in how to deal with that. You deal with the physical side of things. Yeah. So um, although I'd, I came across it, but personally, depression, anxiety, all of those terms to me meant very little up until that point.
0: Mm. And what, what, when when was this? What year? Um, she...
1: uh, my memory's awful as well. Um, so I came out of the ambulance service in uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. And um, this incident with the PTSD occurred. Uh, it actually occurred back in 2013, but the symptoms unraveled quite slowly.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so I, I realised I had it in late
0: 2015. Mm, and how did you come about realising that you had it?
1: Uh, the first thing that happened was uh, like quite a sharp decline in my sleep. Okay. Um, so I became an insomniac uh, over about three months it just gradually wound down from you know your average eight hours down mm-hmm. till zero pretty much and i thought it was just something i'd get over i thought you know i'd seen something that was distressing but i'll get over it yeah um but it didn't work that way and so i went to the doctor i said i need help uh you know i can't sleep didn't know it was anything more than just a distressing episode mm-hmm. and uh, they gave me some metazapine and uh Sort of, it helped the problem, it knocked me out, but it didn't, it just puts a plaster on, it doesn't fix it. Mm. So um, I went on the metazapine and from there, um, annoyingly, it sort of cured the problem, but when I came off it, when it came to time to come off it, I'd forgotten how to sleep pretty much, so All right. um, ever since then, yeah, chronic insomnia. So.
0: Wow. And then, during that point of your life mm. then, did you see that there was a problem being able to talk about it? Did you have people around you that you could feel comfortable talking to? Um, so I was married
1: at that time. I'd kind of achieved everything I'd wanted to achieve by quite an early age relatively, so by um, about 25 it was. Um, I was married, I had a really nice house, financially comfortable, and I had lots of people around me, lots of a good social circle. But because I kind of didn't realise the gravity of what it was, mm-hmm. um, I didn't necessarily go to people like my wife knew that I was struggling at the time, but um didn't really know what to do about it. Not not her fault at all. Mm-hmm. Just it was quite a new experience for both of us, and I just as I'd always done, just tried to get my head down and get on with it. Which yeah. now I know wasn't necessarily the best thing.
0: No, so you use that experience to help other people open up and offload. Is the name of the visa park group that you run can you tell us a little bit more about how you went about starting that
1: yeah so um as i say it came to me in a in a rare moment of sleep ironically yeah um and how it came about was when i want to do something i'll achieve it and that sounds quite big-headed but yeah if i want to put my mind to it i'll mm-hmm. achieve it even if i am in not the best way and it started with um so right at the railway it'd be quite a quiet time and you know middle of the day where no, not many people are traveling and I'd be writing down like a business plan of mm-hmm. what I wanted to achieve like initially I wanted to support group in Carlisle Workington and Kendall so to cover all the main central areas of Cumbria uh, I wanted it 100% to be free to be easily accessible without referral and no barriers put in place so you don't even have to put your name down like you can come anonymously walking off the street yeah it's uh, every week and um. There's no commitment, so you can come for two weeks. If you're doing better, drop out for a, a month. If you fall down again, come again. So it is aimed to be is literally like a, a top up, if you like, mm-hmm. which prevents people getting to crisis point. That was the goal.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And funding-wise, how did you source that? How did you How did you start?
1: Yeah. Um. Fortunately, it doesn't cost much to run. Yeah. It's simply being like a, a room higher cost yeah. with a group a group um, session where we all just talk to each other simply there's no magic about it it's just yeah. lads getting together offloading as a tile. Mm-hmm. and funding wise um, we've been very fortunate that a lot of local people have resonated with the cause have maybe got a close link to whether it's depression or suicide or mm. you know, they've been affected by it and so they've wanted to contribute to a group that helped you know bring suicide figures down helps men who are getting close to the edge mm. and some we've had some really very you know genuine kind donations um that have kept us tied over and we've never had to do any fundraising it's just a really fortunate position to be in
0: oh wow mm. so, so at the minute is it two groups you have in carlisle is that right
1: yes yeah, so it, um it's a bit of a complex schedule but we've got The original group, which is just offload with no sort of attachments, that's Mm -hmm. on the first and third Monday of the month at 7pm, Greystone Community Centre. And then um, added on to that, we've got a weekly session on a Tuesday, which runs as part of the Recovery College Mm -hmm. um, at Shady Grove Road, which is near the little police station on there. And that's 5pm till 6.30pm every Tuesday. Yeah. Again, just drop in. And... As of this week, literally, we're launching one in Penrith as part of the Recovery College on a Thursday, 12.30 till 2. So it's a bit of a complex schedule, but we're hoping that the different times will help to reach more people.
0: Yeah. And is it you that runs all of them groups then? <clears throat>
1: um, Yeah, I run them all, but we've had volunteers sort of step up. So there's okay. a couple of occasions where I've just been busy or, Yeah, or um, not doing as well. And I've got a couple of guys who will step in and just coordinate the group. Um just because they seem to take a lot from it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'll have men that's probably been coming for quite a long time then, do you?
1: Yeah, we've got people who've come from day one, still come in. Uh, we've got people who, like, they haven't been in a year, and then they'll come back. Yeah. Uh, it started in uh, mid-2019, so um been going has that just for three years now. So um, we've got a good following, like social media is a good following yeah. and stuff. COVID admittedly had, impact as it did on everyone's Mm -hmm. business we went online during Mm -hmm. that period um, and we were kind of growing at quite a good rate but then Covid slowed it down and it's it's never got to the levels of people coming that it was pre-Covid but I find that a good thing because now we're getting about seven to eight per session yeah so it's very manageable yeah good feel I can tell people when they come that it's an intimate group Mm. and which encourages people to come yeah that's a good thing
0: That was going to be my next question, actually. What Mm. can people expect if they were to just turn up, you know? Because sometimes it's the walking Mm. in for the very first time to stuff like that, isn't it? That can be the most worrying part. Yeah,
1: so um, what I do a few things to help people who are nervous about coming. Mm. So one thing I'll offer to do is um, we don't have, like, a phone number as such because we don't have anyone to manage. It's just me running it around my full-time job. Um, But I will give someone a call uh who's emailed and inquired mm-hmm. to offer to meet them beforehand for like 15 minutes to tell them what to expect to help them settle down or tell them they can sit beside me mm-hmm. they don't have to speak they can just listen the first time yeah so there's that that's one approach and equally mm-hmm. we've now had um other people come in so people have brought either friends and family it doesn't matter what sex they are they can bring like a female friend for example if it makes them feel more comfortable yeah. the group's very welcome of that uh, we've also had hawks down from the council yeah. who will support their service users. Mm-hmm. So even though it's just a men's group, it's not like exclusively men. There's situations where, you know, we had a, a situation where a family came down effectively because mm-hmm. they they couldn't um, afford the childcare or facilitate that. Yeah. So I asked the group beforehand, they were happy and we had the family come down. So. It's not exclusively. Just oh, wow. Well, you know.
0: Because uh, um, we have our group now, as you know, because I know you've met Dan from Weekend and we have uh, a men's support group on a Friday morning. And we do laugh because I'm banned, because I'm not a man. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> so it's very exclusive. Unless yeah. they just don't want me to go. That's probably Maybe. what it is because I take over and yeah. take control. But um, oh, that's really interesting to know because I wouldn't have actually known that myself.
1: Yeah, it was a direction it naturally took. Yeah. I just I didn't want it to be like this strict men's only group the whole concept of it being a man's group is because men um from my experience won't tend to open up in front of women as they would um just in a group of men yeah Um, yeah it's hard to explain but um it would you'd get a totally different Mm. um direction if you allowed it to be a mixed group so yeah, and I think there is mixed groups out there. So when I first launched it, I think it was the first just men's mental health group in Carlisle. Yeah. Now, fortunately, we've got a lot more, which is only a good thing.
0: I know, yeah. Mm. Well, the, the more the more the merrier, really, mm. as far as I'm concerned, because, well, they're all at different times for a kickoff. So mm. obviously, you know, people who might be working and have different shifts. So um, the more that's available, the better. What do you think it is? That stops men from talking. What for you, what what do you think that is? Is there a root cause? Um, for some men I think it's the
1: phrase I don't like the phrase really, but toxic masculinity. Mm. I think it's that image, pride, you don't want to be seen to be the weak one mm. in the family. Um, especially if you're a dad. I think there's something attached to that as well. I'm not, but I believe that's the case. Um as well, you know, it's naturally a hard thing to go into if you've got something um bad that's happened in your past or something that causes you grief then Mm -hmm. you know uh, especially in a group setting it might not be the right place to do it and that's totally okay you know Mm -hmm. some people choose a therapy route some people do a combination yeah it depends what fits you best but I think men opening up you know nationally is is a new thing you know if you look 10 years ago Mm -hmm. it it wasn't a thing like we wouldn't be talking here no so it's we're going in the right direction yeah,
0: it's it's absolutely all helping. That's for sure. Um, and I wanted to talk to you more about peer support mm-hmm. and why you think that works. Obviously, that I'm a huge believer in it. I love the idea and the feel of getting a group of people together who will open up and share, and then offer support to each other. Why? Why do? What do you see that works so well with a peer support group? Um.
1: So where I work, I work at the Carlton Clinic mm. all time as a, a mental health support worker. And what I um tell people there who ask what peer support is, because it is quite a new mm-hmm. concept, definitely in C N T W where I work. Um but I tell people that, you know, you can have the best doctor in the world, the most qualifications. But if they have not experienced depression or anxiety, mm-hmm. um you don't if you don't know what it's like. It's very hard to get inside it and treat it. You know, you can Chuck medicine at it to the cows come home, but it's not gonna fix it. It's gonna put a plaster on it. The people who really understand it are the people who've had it mm. or experienced it and been around it. And obviously you'd never wish it upon anyone to have it. Um because it, you know, it is a burden. But um peer support offers it's like the final piece in the puzzle. you've always had the clinical side and the patient. It's kind of sometimes polar opposite. It's a versus rather than a working together, whereas the peer support sits in the middle, very similar to a patient advocate role mm-hmm. and almost represents the views of the patients. You know, like, look, I've had this. I can pick parts for my story, which I can share with you, which might help you in your recovery. Mm-hmm. And then that works alongside the other stuff, the therapy, the medication to hopefully get someone on the way to recovery.
0: Yeah, I think, um, and this is just thing, something I've learned through you know being part of peer support groups facilitating them and watching how other people interact what I find really interesting is and I've described it before of, of that that moment of when people do kind of offload and often there's tears and you can kind of see the weight lifted off the shoulders when they've just been able to say whatever it is that they need to say and get it off the chest kind of thing um so there's there's always them moments that I find really powerful, but equally and it's a a part I wasn't really expecting I suppose is I think people really like the idea that they're going not just to get the stuff off their chest but they can at the same time help someone else so I think it gives like an all-round it almost feels as if you're there for a different purpose as well as to help yourself you're there to help each other and I think when I see that that's something I wasn't quite expecting from peer support groups and that's really lovely. I talked about
1: this the other day at work, how um yeah, being a peer supporter, not necessarily just for me, but other peer supporters, is it's almost the final piece in their recovery. Mm-hmm. Them helping someone is them also getting better. Yeah. Um which I'd never really thought about. But yeah, it's if it's rewarding that, you know, when you've been down and out and you've struggled and you've got back to a point where you can help people, mm. it's almost like a, a confirmation that you're on the right track. So yeah, it's yeah. Peer support is invaluable,
0: and I think that the group as well. So I know maybe sometimes members of some of our groups would possibly, you know, when the when they're having the more difficult days, possibly not have got the motivation to get out of the house for themselves, but something about knowing that the, the you know their friends or the other members of the group that they've met there now will also be there gives them that little boost because they're not they're not just going to help them and i think they feel like a responsibility almost to be a, a part of something much bigger than just their own isolation and i think that really works as well yeah um
1: i've been a bit of a geek about it i like i've gone back and and looked at research and stuff there's this guy he does a ted talk i think it's called johan or something mm. like that and he does a talk depression and he's travelled around the world and, and and try to find what's in common between treatments in different countries for different ailments and um he finds that the one thing in common that works goes back to sort of our ancestors and tribal times where mm-hmm. you know if there's a big problem and there was a, a sabre toothed tiger Roman about um the clans would get together, get round in the sort of table as such. And, and talk about you know how can we solve this problem together rather mm. than one unit, because individually we can't battle it, but together we can, and I think that's a really good representation of what we're doing at offload and your kind of group mm. and other support groups. You're getting together, finding what you have in common, and then sharing what works. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I totally agree, and very nervously would, would we'll touch on a, a religion aspect that occurred to me a few weeks ago we were talking about um not religion as such but that sense of community that often a church for example used to bring a generation and you know as a in general i, I don't or i definitely don't feel like since even since i was a kid um there's, there's as many people going to churches um and I, and i wonder if a lot of what they got from that wasn't the religion it was that sense of community that that kind of place brought and I think there's a lot of a lot of that lacking now in our communities
1: yeah um I've lived around like I lived in in Reading for a bit after university and is it like a definitely a lack of community I found sort of down south where I lived and things but Mm. I think we are quite lucky up here you know a lot of the villages and things neighbours look after each other and things like Mm. in Covid we've seen that and stuff um but yeah it doesn't I suppose it doesn't matter what tribe you go to as long oh, as you. Yeah, get what reason from we're getting it. together? Yeah. yeah, the whole purpose is that people benefit from it. Uh, ideas are shared and people move forward. Um, because you know, like as humans, it's an obvious thing. But as humans, we're social creatures, and yeah, isolation is obviously one of the biggest causes of depression and suicide. So if we can avoid that, mm. um, by just holding a group, then it's totally worth it.
0: Yeah, more humans gathering together. I'm I'm a massive fan of mm-hmm. that. For you personally then, what other things do you like to do to keep yourself well? Um, I was just saying to you before,
1: podcasts. Yeah. I uh, listen to podcasts as opposed to music because I call it like active listening. Mm. So, you know, with music on in the background, you still, your brain's ticking away. Mm. Whereas with a podcast, you listen to the content. Podcasts are good on a daily basis. I always have something planned, whether it's a concert or a holiday, something to look forward to. I yeah. think that's really important. And I wouldn't. I don't have a big group of friends. I'd have a very close social circle, a small one. I'd mm-hmm. say quality over quantity, mm. and I always make sure to check in with them. They check in with me, and um, yeah. Yeah, I think you can't. It's invaluable to have even just one person who you can confide in and yeah. and trust. Um, sad, so you know. It some people find it harder to make friends than others, but as long as you have that one person it can be any mm-hmm. role. it could be um someone I don't know down at the train station you go and talk to um just have that one person you can connect with Connection's is important
0: yeah I massively agree um and absolute massive well done to you for for starting offload and bringing more people together to be able to do that I think it's absolutely brilliant
1: I don't say compliments well, but thanks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody ever does. Everyone gets really awkward. Honestly, you should. I think it's incredible what you're doing. Keep up the good work. You're changing lives, saving lives. Um, So a massive well done. And thanks very much for being here. We'll add details to the description of the podcast and when we share it so that people can get in touch if they want to. But just tell us briefly again where people can turn up if they wanted to come to your groups.
1: Yeah. So. it's the first and third Monday of every month at Greystone Community Centre at 7pm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got every Tuesday at Shady Grove Road at 5 till 6.30pm at the lookout. And then we're starting a new group in Penrith Library every Thursday at 12.30 till 2. And all of those you can just come along and register whilst you're there.
0: Yeah, so you just turn up, you don't need to let anybody mm-hmm. know. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. No problem, thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the We Can Cumbria podcast. If you're affected by any of the issues raised in any of our episodes and would like to talk, then please do get in touch. You can contact us via our Facebook or Instagram pages, which you can find by searching We Can Cumbria.